0: Jay and popcorn <laughs> Okay let's start the show yon no jumbioshi Natai Preparati per la stagione quattro Preparate para la temporada
1: quattro sit back relax and listen friday's gonna have you glistening get ready for a real good vibe shea butter and popcorn now live welcome to shea butter and popcorn with taj and chels season four episode seven
0: shea butter and popcorn is the podcast where your neighborly film fanatics review our favorite films and shows my name is chelsea aka chels singer actor blogger podcaster and all-around movie lover
1: my name is Tajiana, a.k.a. Taj, actor, filmmaker, lover of Black stories, Black narratives, Black everything. Welcome or welcome back.
0: This week, it's time for Decade Duty. Yes. So exciting. It's all about the 60s this week. Yes. It's amazing. Welcome to the 60s. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, mama. <laughs> Shout out to Hairspray. So before I get started, I should definitely mention Tippi Hedren's role as Melanie Daniels, who has a resilient spirit and a very outlandish plot in Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds 1961 horror movie. Also, I would have loved to mention 1961's Breakfast at Tiffany's written by Truman Capote. Audrey Hepburn shines as Holly Golightly, and escort with a heart of gold. So kind of progressive there. My films this week, however, are all musicals. Yeah. I didn't even plan it. Funny enough that they are. And, you know, they feature strong women from racehorses and sock hops to baby snooks, you know? So get ready. Here are my movies, everyone. So first up is West Side Story. Classic, classic, classic. 1961, directed by Robert Wise and Jerome Robbins, available on Hulu. So this film holds a 92% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. It's a musical in which a modern-day Romeo and Juliet are involved in New York street gangs. On the harsh streets of the Upper West Side, two gangs battle for control of the turf. The situation becomes complicated when a gang member falls in love with the rival sister. With a screenplay by Ernest Lehman, the film is an adaptation of the 1957 Broadway musical of the same name, which in turn was inspired by Shakespeare's play Romeo and Juliet. It stars Natalie Wood, Richard Bamer, Russ Tamblin, Rita Moreno and George Chakris. I hope I'm saying that right. I love the songs, my favorite songs in this musical would have to be Tonight, I Feel Pretty, G Officer Krupke, Somewhere and A Boy Like That. But my favorite song and dance number is probably America, which of course is headed by Rita Moreno. Released on October 18, 1961 through United Artists, the film received high praise from critics and viewers. It's one of the highest grossing films of 1961. It was nominated for a whopping 11 Academy Awards. Wow. And it won 10. It won for best sound, best scoring, best film editing, best costume design, best cinematography, best art direction, best supporting actress, best supporting actor, best director, and best picture. It racked up. And this made it the record holder for the most wins for a musical. It made $44.1 million at the box office with a budget of $6.75 million. So huge numbers, especially considering it's the 60s. The film has been deemed culturally significant by the U.S. Library of Congress and was selected for the National Film Registry in 97. A new film adaptation of West Side Story. Directed by Steven Spielberg, is set to be released December 10th of this year, starring Ansel Elgort and Rachel Zegler, who was actually discovered through an open call. 17-year-old, very talented. So, you know, I cherish West Side Story. You know, I will probably most likely check out the remake and hopefully they pay homage and do it justice. We'll see. You know, keep my eye out for that one. Next up is... Another classic, My Fair Lady 1964, directed by George Kakor, available to rent on Amazon Prime. So this was a Christmas Day release with a 95% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. I think Rotten Tomatoes just loves musicals. They just, yeah. (laughs) They're prejudiced. They're prejudiced for musicals. They love them. So in this beloved musical, you have a pompous phonetics professor, Henry Higgins, played by Rex Harrison, is so sure of his abilities that he takes it upon himself to transform a cockney, working-class girl into someone who can pass for a cultured member of high society. He's so pretentious, and his subject turns out to be the lovely Eliza Doolittle, played by Audrey Hepburn, who agrees to speech lessons to improve her job prospects. Higgins and Eliza clash, so they can't stand each other, but then they form an unlikely bond, one that is threatened by an aristocratic suitor, played by Jeremy Brett. So, of course, they fall in love, classic. Uh, I love the costumes and the storyline. Rags to riches classic, you know, Cinderella, falling in love with your polar opposite. It's my favorite. I love stories like that. Based on George Bernard Shaw's 1913 play, Pygmalion, with book and lyrics by Alan J. Lerner and music by Frederick Lowe. So my favorite songs off of... The soundtrack would have to be I Could Have Danced All Night, Wouldn't It Be Loverly, and The Rain in Spain. Those are my favorites from the musical. It had a $17 million budget and made $72.7 million at the box office for the accolades in 1998. The American Film Institute named it the 91st Greatest American Film of All Time. In 06, it was ranked 8th in the AFI's Greatest Movie Musical list. In 2018, it was selected for preservation in the U.S. National Film Registry by the Library of Congress. as being culturally, historically, aesthetically significant. It was definitely a critical and commercial success. Second highest grossing film of 64. It was nominated for a whopping 12 Academy Awards. Wow, so one more than one side story, and won eight for best sound, best scoring, best costume design, best cinematography, best art direction, best actor, best director, and best picture at the 1965 Oscars. Best everything. They were just like, yes, give it all that you can, give it all you can. (laughs) So I was like, okay, very interesting. And you know, My Fair Lady to me, a lot of people that worked on it and people that starred in it um, were actually English. Which, uh, you know, I found interesting. I My room, I have this big Audrey Hepburn poster. It says, nothing's impossible. The word itself says, I'm possible, which is like my favorite quote by her. And uh, I think that's interesting, you know, and, you know, they really came in and dominated, you know, um, which was really cool. Um, it's a great, great, great film. So last, but not least, y'all, I'm going to talk about my favorite movie of all time. Seriously, you can ask literally anyone who knows me. This is my favorite favorite oh it holds a 93 percent rating on rotten tomatoes it should have 102 i don't know what's wrong with y'all this is this is my favorite 93 that's an a minus <laughs> look y'all
1: better get it right somebody got to go in and change it like on wikipedia so that Chelsea can be satisfied because uh, yeah. they prejudice i'm telling you i don't know what's up with rotten tomatoes but I think just the critics on there are, are very, very,
0: very critical, if you will. Extremely yeah. critical. Extremely. Yeah. Because they rated West Side Story a little bit harder than My Fair Lady. And I'm just like, why? Hmm. Weird. Yeah. I don't know. Strange. Funny Girl. Talk talking about Funny Girl, y'all. It's my favorite film. 1968, available to stream on Amazon Prime. And even though, yes, I've grown and seen so many movies and so many different genres, Funny Girl is still my favorite movie of all time. It will always be. It is. So it is a 1968 American biographical musical comedy drama directed by William Wyler. Screenplay is by Isabel Lenart, who um, and who adapted it from her book for the stage musical of the same name. So it's loosely based on the life and career of Broadway and film star and comedian Fanny Bryce. Oh, yeah. If y'all don't know who Fanny Bryce is. Please Google her. She was transcendent. She was amazing. It's about her and her stormy relationship with entrepreneur and gambler, Nikki Arnstein. So it's produced by Fanny Bryce's son-in-law, Ray Stark, with music and lyrics by Jules Stein and Bob Merrill. The film stars my favorite singer next to Beyonce, y'all, uh, Barbra Streisand. This is her film debut reprising her Broadway role, because she played Fanny on Broadway, as fanny bryce and omar sharif as nikki Arnstein. and my grandmother she loved omar sharif oh my god she could not stop talking about <laughs> omar sharif oh man she really did yeah when he passed she was she was quite sad same with sean connery she loved him too so <clears throat> so it has a supporting cast featuring kay medford and francis walter pigeon lee allen and Mae Questel. Set in and around New York City just prior to and following World War I, the story opens with the Ziegfeld Folly star, Fanny Bryce, awaiting the return of her husband, Nikki Arnstein, from prison. Then it moves into an extended flashback, focusing on her meeting and her marriage. She's first seen as a stage-struck teen who gets her first job in vaudeville, meets the suave Nikki following her debut performance they continue to meet occasionally over the years becoming more romantically involved as Fanny's career flourishes and she becomes a star so he seduces her they decide she decides to abandon the follies to be with him and after winning a fortune playing poker while traveling aboard the RMS they get married so it's about their married life things like that and the inevitable downfall that happens with him and some embezzlement schemes. So you gotta check that out. Seriously, it seems impossible to pick a favorite song from from this incredible soundtrack because seriously, she's my favorite. I already told you. I learned to sing her songs by mimicking her on her records, studying her technique in movie musicals. So if I had to pick, I'm the greatest star, (laughs) I'd rather be blue over you it's so good. Secondhand Rose, People, Don't Rain on My Parade, Funny Girl, and My Man are my favorites. So low key, all of them. <laughs> when I auditioned for musicals in college, I actually auditioned with Funny Girl. And the song that I auditioned for my first play at the age of 12 was Secondhand Rose. And this film got nominated for eight Academy Awards. Barbara Streisand won for Best Actress. So I only had one win, but Barbara did amazing. This movie made $58.5 million with a $14.1 million budget. So long story short, the 60s was a great decade for musicals. I said what I said. Rotten Tomatoes, do better. Rank this movie higher. It's my favorite. <laughs> Those are my movies for this week. Taj, you let them know what yours are.
1: Um, I'm super excited. I actually, in college, got to play um, Eliza um, out of um, Pygmalion. So super like award-heavy picks, which is dope. And of course, You know, Chelsea's gonna choose the musicals. Um, We love all of them, especially you know, The Sound of Music, and you know, I I feel like the '60s definitely had that booming, you know, of musical um, film for Mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm gonna talk a little bit more uh, about the heavy stuff, (laughs) about the you know, the horror thriller, you know, psychological thriller type situations, dramatic um genre but I want to start off by um talking about um all of these films are shoved down your throat in film school just as a side note but <laughs> I'm going to talk about Dr. Strange Love first um which came out in 1964 um you guys can actually watch it on Prime but essentially um this is a film about what could happen if the wrong person pushed the wrong button and um, basically uh, it highlights U.S. Air Force General um, Jack Ripper, um, who goes completely insane and sends his bomber wing to destroy the USSR, and he thinks that communists are conspiring to pollute the precious bodily fluids of the American people. Um, (laughs) This film um, is directed by Stanley Kubrick, um, and I feel like this is just a, a super staple film when it comes to just like political commentary in film, um, Doctor Strange Love, you know, is commenting. Uh, the full title is Doctor Strange Love or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb, and it's a very, very um, interesting film. I love satire, um, and um, it's it says in two thousand it was listed as number three on its list of the funniest American films, actually. Um, And um, in 1989, the U.S. Library of Congress included Dr. Strangelove as one of the first 25 films um, selected for uh, preservation in the National Film Registry for being culturally, historically or aesthetically significant. Um, This film, like I said, came out in 64 when, you know, the Cold War tension was still happening um, between the Soviet Union and the U.S. So I feel like um, once again, it's just like a huge testament to commentary on what's going on in society and in our world at the time. Um, and yeah, um, I feel like they did a, a pretty good job, uh, had a $1.8 million budget and at the box office, it did 9.4 million. So that goes with, you know, commenting on things that resonate with the times and making socially relevant content. So, um, yeah, Dr. Strangelove. An oldie but a goodie, um, so it's very, very, very interesting. Um, I definitely recommend watching um, the next film that I want to point out. Oh my gosh, one of my favorite two months of film school. You're gonna watch Rear Window um, <laughs> because they love it. Um, Rear Window is like the end of the '50s, but I love it so much, and I feel like it is just such a staple classic. Um, talking about Hitchcock's work directed by alfred hitchcock um this film you can actually watch on hulu um and it got a 99 percent on rotten tomatoes because they love it um oh my gosh actually um dr strange love it says that it got a 98 percent so they're way up there so these critics they love they love these films um 8.4 out of 10 on imdb for dr strange love and then rear window, eight point four out of ten, as well. So they're in the same realm in terms of being sought after and having that popularity. Um, but if you're not familiar with Rear Window, um, which is you know uh, one of his more uh, his films that resonate more with the mystery genre, um, it's a story of a recuperating news photographer who believes he has witnessed a murder. He is confined to a wheelchair after an accident and he spends his time watching the occupants of neighboring apartments through a telephoto lens and binoculars and becomes convinced that a murder has taken place. Um, It released August 4th, um, 1954. This film, oh my gosh, has, it was so revolutionary um, that people have made parodies and like other content out of this plot of like, So many TV shows, um, specifically some of the Black TV shows that I've watched, have made, like, episodes out of it. Like, for instance, The Parkers, where Nikki had that episode where she was looking out the window with the binoculars. Um, It's, like, super funny, because it's like, you know, if you know Rear Window, you're like, oh, duh, this is where it originated from. So Rear Window is super uh, revolutionary. It's a super unique plot, and uh, it's very scary. Um, The pacing of the film definitely, I feel like ramps up that you know it's it's very slow um feeds into the mystery and the thriller of it because you're just anticipating like what's gonna happen so yeah this film is bomb um so we we love it they had a one million dollar budget and did 36.8 million at the box office say less um but yeah this film is amazing um I definitely recommend watching it um to especially get the style and the tone of like um cinema from the late 50s early 60s i definitely
0: would recommend he's very Um, progressive too i would say mm -hmm. because it makes me think of another movie in 59 you know the curtail yeah uh north by northwest which oh yeah (laughs) in in film class and that movie too with the pacing and stuff like that it's 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 good we did have some movies that touched on some serious subject matter too like imitation of life which came out in 59 it's a remake there was another one in the 30s, but the good one is 59 with Lana Turner. Y'all watch that too if y'all can hear me, because that's it.
1: <laughs> Listen to her recommendation.
0: Imitation of Life is something else. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, most definitely. I mean, I feel like all of those like late 50s films—they have such just like scary plots, like what, um, and and like a lot of them, you know, whether it's—I mean, you know, Imitation of Life, drama, romance, but like depending on its genre. It it just, I feel like they kind of started to make a, a, a stamp or a blueprint for these genres during this time, um, in my opinion, because um, definitely a lot of classics are coming out of the same time frame in the same era, uh, which means that you're kind of, you know, paving the way. So yeah, definitely, Rear Window, I would definitely highly recommend watching it. Once again, it's on Hulu um, and um, everybody liked these ones. Of course, y'all like the popular ones <laughs> anyways. Um, last one is, um, one of my favorites that my, uh, film teacher put me on to, and I'm very appreciative, Black Girl, um, 1966, I love it, we love to see it, um, man, this film is so revolutionary, um, this film, uh, came out, yeah, 1966, um, and a Senegalese woman works as a maid in France for a couple- white oh couple who treat her as a slave, very straightforward, but it's so groundbreaking because of the dynamic um the the plot was just so it it hit on so many different like layers of like black identity and like you know slavery and servitude in terms of like you know uh the larger context of like relations between black and white people, and specifically you know, this is highlighting Senegalese culture, Um, and it highlighted a lot about, you know, I'm talking about servitude in relation to, you know, white people and home life and dynamics um, and the peek into that. Um, This was directed by um, Ousmane Sembin and um, Rest in Peace, Um, but it came out January 12th, um, released in New York. Um, I love it. I love it so much, and Um, because, you know, it's, you know, the French title, La Noire de, you know, which means the Black girl or woman of, as in someone's Black girl or Black girl from, give more recognition to international cinema. So um, I believe you pronounce it, is it Mbessine T. Duop? You should definitely, definitely watch her projects and watch this film because, yeah, this is amazing. Um, but yeah, those are my picks. Please go watch them. They're amazing. This one also had a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. So if Rotten Tomatoes says that it's above a 90, you have to watch it. Black girl Unfortunately, it's weird because the Google users said it's 67%. So the Google users didn't come through today for a Black girl, but it's okay. Um, so definitely, definitely watch them. And yeah, those are my picks.
0: Yes, those are so good. Yeah, Black girl's part it. Of- tcm lineup y'all h max please stream that that's an excellent movie uh thank you all so much for listening decade duty will be back soon so keep streaming this podcast tune in next week for our boo-boo
1: special oh Oh, yeah baby or us by us what you mean
0: in honor of black history month yes last week of black history month y'all let's get it in
1: love it for
0: sure shameless plug i will be speaking on a panel and performing next thursday the 25th on facebook live for the jackie robinson arts and humanities virtual lecture series hosted by my alma mater pasadena city college very excited i'm super excited about that so i will also be discussing my educational pipeline from community college to a four-year university so be sure to tune in and you can get details on my social handles so check that out, shout me out. I'll be sure to say hi. Speaking of social handles, feel free to follow us on social media to stay updated on this podcast. Follow us on Twitter at SheaButterPop, on Instagram at Shea Butter popcorn or follow us individually. You can follow me at Chelsea J Music on Twitter or Instagram.
1: And you can follow me at Tajana on Instagram and at Tajiana Tweets on Twitter.
0: Let us know what you thought.
1: Love
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> and what's on here next? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Let us know, guys. Decade Duty will be back. This is yes. Let us
1: know your favorite films from some of these decades, too. I'm very pleased to know. From the 60s. you a good What are you talking
0: for The 60s? The gen, you know? <laughs> that was probably
1: in the 60s if you want to see now. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Please let us know. Hit us up.
0: All right, y'all see you next week. Alrighty, bye.